0: What does it take to win? What does it take to be a winner? My name is Wesley Donahue. I'm here to answer those questions. And today I'm joined by my boy, Matt Moore. Matt is a South Carolina political consultant who I do a ton of work with, including the new South Carolina superintendent of education, Ellen Weaver. We won that primary together last year. And he actually dives into that story on this episode. So you had a good 2022.
1: Yeah, fantastic year last year. Doing a lot of work for candidates and companies who have all sorts of issues. Uh, looking forward to 2023
0: onward and upward. Here we go. What do you got popping now? Mostly public affairs stuff. Yeah, we
1: are. You know, the legislature is reconvening in Columbia. Uh, a lot of different issues sort of popping. You know, I think uh, conservatives are obviously ascendant in the House and the Senate. Uh, from issues like tort reform, school of choice, um, sort of economic development, batteries, renewable energy, those kinds of things. Where our, our firm has actually been for a number of years and excited to kind of see what happens there. South Carolina is, is going in the right direction in terms of these jobs announcements and investment. Uh, it's pretty dang exciting.
0: Nice, man. So First Tuesday is now doing campaign general consulting work. And I know you just had a race this week, a, a local race in Kershaw County. You're doing public affairs. You've got on the mark, you got the mail firm. That's right.
1: Our answer. Our answer was find a way to say yes when clients call, and uh, we've been blessed to have a number of good years. Also, extended out into the southeast and work in Florida. Some races in Georgia last year. Every now and then, uh, either further afield. Um, but yeah, mostly focused on South Carolina campaigns, general consulting, both for candidates and you know companies in the regulated industry space that have really sort of complex challenges, both in counties, and at the state level.
0: Nice man. Um. So you and I work together a lot. We obviously do the caucus work a lot. We did Ellen Weaver stuff in the primary together. You send business over to Campaign Solutions. So and we've known each other for a long time. But I would say in South Carolina, I work with you and Luke Byers at First Tuesday more than I work with anybody else. And um, funny enough, I was, uh, most people don't know this, but I named First Tuesday and on the mark, I was the very first employee of that company way back in the day when it had different owners.
1: That's right. We've been friends a long time. I
0: think even back in those
1: days, I was just getting my feet wet in the crazy world of South Carolina politics. And and I had no idea what political consultants actually do. <laughs> uh, so I looked up to you and Luke and others. Uh, i wanted on to become ED of the state party and then chairman. Uh, by some stretch, I don't know how that ever happened. That was crazy. Uh, and now working in this game. Uh, but uh, I think both of us, you and our kindred spirit, I think we, we had sort of similar uh Childhood, sort of hard scrabble, working class folks, and, and to to people us with success in business and in this life is a is a pretty darn cool thing. And I don't take it for granted. You're right. It's it's. I read your you know, your blogs and Instagrams and stuff, and it's it's tough balancing all the demands of being a parent, you know, being a husband, yeah. uh, being a family member, trying to stay in shape, uh, trying to be an educated person, a sane person, uh, well read, <laughs> while also sort of balancing. You know, we had I think, I think about a hundred clients last year who, you know, they call every. Uh, hour or two wanting things. And it's good as, as I said to my wife to have the phone ring and people calling because otherwise there's no business, right? And you're back to uh, you know, not working for yourself. So that, that's kind of what I always was uh, as a person, wanted to work for myself on my own company.
0: Yeah, me too, man. You and I are a lot alike. You know, I think balance is tough enough with family and entrepreneurship. When you add politics on top of that. It's extremely difficult. And you see a lot of people in our line of work not balancing it very well. You know, there's a we talked about it on some other podcasts with some other folks, but you know, a lot of alcoholism and gambling addictions mm-hmm. and a lot of divorce. But this industry really crushes people and crushes families, I've seen too. So it's always nice to see people that are, you know, you and Luke, good fathers and family men who are figuring out a way to keep this shit together because man, politics, you know, and we've got you know, obviously Luke has a wife in it. My wife's no longer in it. Your wife isn't in it. But it's, it, they put up with this shit of us having to work around the clock, 24-7, always stressed. How are we going to make payroll? How are we going to get this person elected? It, it's a lot to balance.
1: That sounds right. Uh, and campaign season two are a crucible, right? Like every other year, basically from Labor Day to Election Day. I mean, you work in 10, 12-hour days. Uh, you, you you try to give up as much as you can in terms of a social life of working out, but you can only do so much, right, in, in 24 hours a day. And, you know, for me, finding that balance is, you know, look, I, I like to work out every day, not as much as you, Wes, uh, <laughs> but uh, probably more than others. And, and really, I think I turned 40 last year. And as you get to turning 40, you start thinking about y- your life and your legacy. And, and ultimately, for me, it's, it's not about, you know, the material things or how much money you make. Those things are all fun. Uh, to do but it's really about legacy it's about who you elect you know the causes that you're working for do you make a difference are, are you relevant uh in the political arena and i think I've, I've done that um but you know there's always someone nipping at your heels right like there's another west donahue that's 10 15 years younger than us who was you know plodding in his parents you know summer uh, basement garage on what the next push digital is there, there's, there's a guy or gal. Uh, working to be the next for Susie strategy. So I, I never take it for granted, right? Like you got to get up every day in this business and really any business yeah, uh, and take it seriously and work your work your rear off.
0: Oh, bro. You're God, you're you're speaking truth. I mean, there's a, a competitor of mine now that's about 10 years younger and I'm just like, God, do I still have the energy to, <laughs> to keep doing this? But how do you, before right. we get into your story, let me ask, how do you achieve balance? Are you just a very scheduled person? I mean, that's how I do it. I do a because I'm just every minute of my day is blocked off. How do you find that balance? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, scheduling is part of it too, but I think I'm compartmentalizing you know, parts of your brain, right? Like I think the people who who separate their work personality or their work from their individual nature or their quirks and, and features, uh, those are kind of the most successful people really in any kind of world. Right? I don't have yeah. a lot of political... Friends, who I'll go to dinner with. I have a lot of other friends who are neighbors, and and they're they're college professors, they're lawyers, doctors, uh, you know, people that do regular things. Unlike politics, that, that you know, it's hard to explain what you do to these folks. Uh, so just trying to find a balance, and like, and never sort of lose sight of the fact that hey, life is not really about all this work stuff. It's really about friendships and family and, and enjoying it.
0: I find the hardest part for me, Matt, is just being present when you're home with the kids. You know, because it's like. Politics never stops. And what's interesting is, you know, you and I both came up in this for a while now, but it's politics has creeped into every single part of our lives. And it's hard to even talk to friends without politics coming up. You can't turn on the TV without it popping up. You can't pick up your phone without it popping up. So for me, I've got like this struggle of just trying to be present. And so to your point, I, I try to compartmentalize also. But no matter what, like it's hard to be present because the politics is always there, yeah. and it's, it's it's just it's very difficult, I find.
1: Right, and like I think, like you, I, I don't watch like talk TV. I don't watch mm-hmm. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. I don't read political books. Uh, I read things that are totally far afield. I like to read books about uh, you know space, about history, yeah. you know financial history. You know, things that are, they're not politics, right? I like to read literature. I try to read every Nobel prize winning or do a surprise winning book that comes out in fiction, right? just sort of, you're taking a break from it for at least a couple hours. That's kind of where I get my energy from.
0: I get asked all the time, like, did you see that segment on Tucker Carlson last night? I'm like, nope. Nope. And I'm pretty damn proud I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So you've done a lot of campaigns. We've done a lot of campaigns together. I mean, what, give me one of your favorite stories or two.
1: Well, I've seen a lot of wild stuff. Uh, you know, last year, a few two years ago now, uh, a friend of both of ours, Ellen Weaver, approached us to run for superintendent of education. Now, frankly, Ellen didn't need our help. She could probably run her own campaign. She's that smart and that talented. Uh, but behind every, you know, person who runs for office, or even elected official, there there's a team, right? People forget that. Uh, especially the how you go in politics and no, Ellen ran a fantastic campaign early on, uh, the first two months of the campaign last year, and you know, filed for office. And uh, it was early, right? Fairly big field. Didn't know how she was going to do. Uh, you know, Filing ended. Uh, and then the state party called me and said, uh, you know, there's a problem. Um, the law says that candidates for education must have a master's degree. Well, unfortunately, at that point, uh, Ellen did not have a master's degree. Uh, so I proceeded to be the one who who called her uh to deliver the news, right and um I think this is a really salient point that we'll kind of get to, right, which yeah. is if you gave a lot of people that that kind of news, that kind of bad news, they probably would have wilted right yeah. uh Ellen Weaver, on the other hand, hit that curveball and said, "I'm gonna do whatever it takes right uh, to not only win this office but to be fully qualified, you know put any questions to rest about. My qualifications, uh, and that took you know a, a days of, of lawyers and, and people sort of talking about it, right? But um, you know, she, to me, set herself apart as a candidate who hit that 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 curveball uh, that day uh, really well. And Obviously, went on to win the the office in a, in a pretty tough primary season uh, later on, a couple months later, and then and then now serving as superintendent. But I've seen a lot of candidates not hit curveballs, right? Like oh, yeah. I, you know, you're not, you know, there are thousands of stories of you know really bad candidates uh, over the past decade, uh particularly in these big u.s senate races who are just you know they're not ready for prime time right um but, but ellen was one of those who 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 saw it through and got it done
0: yeah it was insane how she was able to get it done so fast excuse me i've got a little bit of a cold here i'm sure folks can hear that on here um it, while also campaigning i mean campaigning and fundraising is such a full-time job. Uh, we worked with her more in the primary. Obviously, those two weeks in the runoff, I was intimately involved there, helping with some messaging with you guys and with that TV ad. My kids to this day still run around going, thank you, Kathy um, but <laughs> you, you could see that she put in work that most human beings wouldn't be willing to do. I mean, to be able to tackle getting a master's degree and campaigning at the same time is like superhuman.
1: Yeah, it was Herculean, what what she did. And, you know, and and frankly, like, we had a lot of conversations, uh, you know, with reporters and others, you know, lawyers, friends, even neighbors about, you know, how this qualification got into law uh, and all that, you know, for a good candidate like Ellen kind of became irrelevant. What's there, right? Like, play your cards as you're dealt, like, work your rear off, I mean, literally for nights and weekends for months and months and months uh, to see this through. And she did it.
0: It kind of reminds me of a a story about Trey Gowdy. So uh, years ago, before Trey wanted to run for Congress, he uh, was talking to Terry Sullivan and I about running for attorney general. And then we found out very last minute that a solicitor can run for anything he wants except attorney general. And if he runs for attorney general, he loses all of his retirement money. So. (laughs) somewhere back in the day and this is this is exactly what happened with you i don't know for certain you got to tell me but this is what i'm guessing somewhere back in the day um a law was changed because someone was just screwing with the solicitor and didn't want him running for attorney general and that that law still sits on the books today right right and my my guess is it's kind of the same thing with this super and this superintendent issue because in the general election the Teachers' Association, the the Democratic Party, the, the opponent who I can't remember her name. That's how shitty her campaign was. Um, <laughs> they tried to make this an issue, and voters just didn't care. Like, you know, another lesson here is there are a lot of things that pop up that politicos think are serious that are just so inside baseball. And I tell candidates this all the time. I'm like, that's so inside baseball. Nobody cares. Like, they want to know. How what you're saying or doing is impacting their life and their family. And they just don't care about this issue. Right. And that, that's sort of the unfortunate spot we find ourselves
1: in nationally, too, right? In, in this presidential election. I, I'm one that's hopeful that the presidential election coming up will be about those table uh issues that, that you know, husbands and wives talk about paychecks, retirement accounts, you know, kids, schools, right? But instead. You know, where, where Facebook and Twitter have kind of led us in this political world. And look, I love that we can all buy ads on Facebook and make money on that. But yeah, is that uh, whoever can can yell out loudest and have the silliest little Facebook ads, you know, or say the most outlandish thing on Twitter is sort of where everyone focuses. And it's just, it's just unfortunate. And I'm not sure the way out of that. But
0: yeah, you're definitely right. I think there's also a lesson here about preparation because. You were able to identify that with Ellen pretty on so that when the curveball really came in the general election, you were re- you were already ready for it, uh, as opposed right. to, say, some of the stuff we dealt with with Herschel Walker this year. Talk about curveballs. Right. I mean, there was a curveball yeah. legitimately right. – Every four or five hours. I mean, there would be a curveball at 9 a.m. And by 3 p.m., you know, we're trying to figure out the 9 a.m. curveball, how to hit that one. And then by 3 p.m., there's (laughs) another curveball already coming on our face, right? Right. And we were unprepared for them. But I think um, a lesson to Politico's is you can be ready for these curveballs if you just do your due diligence and you get out ahead of it, which is exactly what you did with Ellen when you called her and she was like, screw it, let's do it. You know, a a Richard Branson thing, screw it, let's do it. A lot of people would have just said no I'm gonna I'm done with this I'm not gonna even try to swing at this curveball but because you had prepped her she was like all right let's let's roll and by the time the real hit came in the general election you already kind of had it taken care of
1: right right and that's right I, I love sports right and one of my favorite sports moments in the 1988 World Series when Kurt Gibson like the limb side of the dugout uh faces I think Dennis Eckersley with the with the A's. Yep. Right. Uh goes to three-two, runner second and third. Uh you know, he can barely walk. Uh accuracy throws a slider, hits it over the fence. Well come to find out, and by the way, that the call of that game uh from I think Joe Buck maybe or his father, i uh, don't believe what I just saw. The best call of Major League Baseball history on, on the radio, that's sad point. Anyways, uh, come to find out, uh in their pregame planning, to your point, he had uh had talked to another player or coach and they said, Hey, if you get three and two against accuracy with runners on base. He's gonna throw you a slider, a curveball, right? Oh, so wow. he's sitting on curve. He's sitting on the curveball, knocks it over the fence, right? Like the preparation, you know, that, go- that goes into these campaigns. The, the preparation that goes into successful people, uh, you know, people don't recognize it. I think it's an under sort of told story in our culture. Um, you know, America's, I-, I think, special and unique in that regard, where you know you can be the best at what you do, but hey, someone else is coming behind you uh people love or hate LeBron James I think LeBron James is amazing uh but to be 38 and to be well you know I'm 40 so I -hmm. I remember being 38 to be able to physically compete with guys that are 21 22 years old out of college as a 38 year old physically I mean the amount of preparation that takes and it's true too of, of the best congressmen the best senators the best governors right the best house members going on down the ballot right like you know, these folks are sitting around at night reading briefings. Uh, I always appreciated the fact that you know Barack Obama it was a was a such a reader, right? Like he'd sit around at night in the White House study and read. Yeah. Uh, again, not don't agree on politics, but but you can admire, and that, that's one place I hear culture is lost too. But right? you, you can admire a person, uh, you know, if you disagree in politics, you know, for their personal traits, right? Like the, the discipline it takes just to, to be good at your job, right? No matter what you do. Yeah.
0: No, I've uh, you, I, you know, know to your mind. to your point. This country is such a weird place with the partisan divide that you can't compliment Barack Obama at all. You're gonna you're gonna get attacked on that, by the way. No, I'm just, like <laughs> Matt Moore is saying good things about Barack Obama. Well, you know what? I've said multiple good things that people have criticized me on Twitter. Two things I've said about Barack Obama: one, he's a great father, and two, I really appreciated his and Michelle Obama's commitment to uh, their Get Fit program. You know, yeah, especially right. as it relates to childhood obesity. And it's like if you say anything positive about any democrat these days then oh my god you're a rhino and it's it's nah, that's, that's it's, it's that's ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's it's sickening and I you know speaking of which and I, I wasn't planning on asking you this but are you still um are you and you were state party chairman when Jamie Harrison was uh party chairman here and you guys became like best buds kind of like me and Phil with pub politics back in the day, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, we kept a traveling road show. Again, like focused on teaching you know or helping college kids understand the importance of getting involved in politics like a, a totally non-controversial thing but like you know the worst parson hacks would like text me and oh it's so gross that you talk to jamie and you know that, that's it's just insane. silly right because you're, because your admiration for a person can go beyond politics right and I, i'm as proud as can be the guy you know jamie to become dnc chair from south carolina man what a what a big deal and um you know, I'm excited to see what he does.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm proud of Jamie. He's a smart guy. He's an honest and ethical guy, and I like him a lot. You and I both helped whip his ass with Lindsey Graham, and I'm, <laughs> right. I'm glad we did, and I would fight him again in a heartbeat, but that doesn't mean I can't yeah. like the guy and think he's a, he's a great human being. I'm, he's just got bad ideas, and I'm going to whip his ass when I can.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. He, t- he told me a uh, good job once we beat him uh, in that campaign. Did he really?
0: So, yeah. I'm, I'm still a little sore with him on one issue.
1: <laughs> do, so, do I want to hear it or not? I don't know. No, I'll, I'll keep it in
0: <laughs> here. Um, we <laughs> created an image of Jamie that had a, the entire image had a tent on it. Um, and that image went viral nationally, us accusing um, us of darkening his skin. And um, Jamie knew we did it. And knew my firm did it and used it as an opportunity to attack us. and that's fine and all in all things, politics, it's fair game. I get it. but to define us and as racist because of what was obviously a tent, I mean every part of the image was darkened. you know, the suit, the background, right. the text it had a, it had a it had a screen on it um and uh, i I just I, I don't know. I hated that man because i I think it's because of the way I blew I grew up, but like calling me racist is like the worst thing you can call me.
1: <laughs> right, right right well one and day there is a
0: go ahead sir. no no i mean I, I i haven't talked about it but one day i'm gonna call jamie and just be like come on man you know that was horse shit jamie's such a
1: nice guy i'm sure he would take your call right
0: so yeah I, I like him in fact he back in the day um he said he was going to rec and i think he did recommend me for um that gummit matt what's the name of the group you're in the state group L- Liberty. Liberty Fellowship. Liberty yeah. Fellowship. Yeah. He said that he would be one of my sponsors with Shane Massey. And I think he, and, and, and now that I recall, he did put in some good words for me. So he's a good dude.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, but man, I appreciate sucks. you coming on here. The lesson is that winners got to learn how to hit a curveball, and you hit it out of the park with Ellen. And I'm excited to see what she does in the future, man. She's going to crush it for our kids. Hey, Sam here. Good to be here, Wesley. Take care, buddy. All right, brother. Thanks.